Welcoming back to the show, we got Tracky himself, Jim Ho, and I thought we'd do another kind of fun, just like retrospect on filmmakers often associated with the Star Trek saga. But I was like, you know what? How about we just focus mainly on like the actor turned directors and producers? And so we are covering Jonathan Franks, Roxanne Dawson, and Robert Duncan McNeil. <laughs> Welcome back, Jim. Oops. Delightful. How about yourself? <laughs> Quiet. I, I'm in the big city right now in New York City, but um, just very quiet so far. Okay. Well, hope, hope, to, hope to hit the big apple sometime in the weekend. Enjoy some of the sights, though. So try, try and get some interesting things. Man, you're all about town. You're all about the place. <laughs> yep. You know, we had such a fun chat talking about like some key Star Trek writers, you know, minuscule or not, who also went on to bigger sci-fi, mystery, Western and horror careers for TV and no exception here. You know, um, first free of this trio, uh, let's discuss Mr. Frakes. He has guest starred on everything from, uh, you know, Fantasy Island and Dukes of Hazard to Heart to Heart and fall guy as well as the 80s twilight zone and before track you know he was on and he's uh, also on the book on the good old waltons it is army whites also <laughs> i think i have seen that episode yeah like two episodes and uh north and south he's on there briefly it's awesome seeing him on a horse you know yell out commands um also on an episode of wings that's pretty funny but yeah all together i mean uh, I've mainly seen just a lot of his other kind of like 90s guest spots, 2000s moments, like so everything from his episode of Criminal Minds where he's an abusive doctor who's, a, you know, finally gives up some stuff. He did some voiceovers on, you know, Gargoyles and, uh, you know, many, many track actors did, but it's interesting to see him on this one. Uh, he's mainly stuck to voiceovers recently. I, I've there's been some other shows he's been on that like are blinking and miss it like cameos. He said before he likes to kind of do pull a Hitchcock, you know, <laughs> do a just like in the shot, kind of like other actor turned directors who, you know, often if they have a recurring role on a show, they end up directing a few different episodes. So people oh. like Diamond Phillips and Peter Weller, he's kind of taken to that same angle as well. <laughs> For the they had mentioned it, those I, I met Jonathan at the uh, at the Las Vegas Star Trek convention, and I ripped up about asked him a question about um, him in his early days being Captain America. He yeah, actually yeah. was a um, co-play. That was one of his first gigs, and he, I actually threw him a, a curveball because even the moderator at the at the the panel didn't know about this, and he was regaling his, his uh, thing about talking, being with St Stan, Stan Lee, and doing gigs in o o Oklahoma, and doing all these different cons as Captain America, which is kind of funny. Yeah, uh, I've seen the photos, and it's like, it was interesting, you know, that was during, like, uh, you know, the 80s, and he was, like, that go-to guy. They were just like, hey, you are going to... You know, we know you in the theater scene. You're going to be the mascot to play this persona. And yeah, it, it was such a different. It's so wild how it predates 
you know, the current cosplay comic book scene. <laughs> yes, it does. It was it's, it's much scrawnier back then. You <laughs> see some of the pictures of, of me, it was really thin back then. Right? Oh, man. And altogether, I just, I like how he's just kind of blended in with whatever the uh, focus of whatever project he's on is, you know, it, you know, it is is up to. He's going to try and be up to that level. Uh, he joked about how uh, that reality, you know, kind of a semi true crime show, uh, Beyond Belief. He apparently oh, yes. had a huge following in Germany, so they asked him back for a season five this last year, and he couldn't believe it. He's like, I had no idea there was this big a following overseas there. Uh, you know, it was such an easy to show uh, film show where basically, you know, I come into a studio, throw something towards the camera and say a silly pun. It was kind of semi Shatner. You know, it just uh, it's, it's amazing what overseas what what they get into things that you would never think of would, would, would follow over there. Yeah, it, it, it's different there than it is over here. He didn't expect it either. It's like he claimed he got that gig in a recent Entertainment Weekly interview because basically he uh, just impressed someone at like a Fox uh, special that was talking about aliens and UFOs and that was like enough for them. They're like, okay, how about, how would you like to, you know, show yourself, you know, we're going to have actual actors in these reenactments and it's like Unsolved Mysteries meets real life Twilight Zone. <laughs> just And... Yes, uh, very, very unusual to say the least. That's very unusual. Yeah, totally. And he even joked how there's been so many memes about the show that that's done more for the show than what it did at the time, where it was just kind of word of mouth. Um, and so... All you need is one meme or one TikTok or one video to go viral. And, and, and that makes it for you. That's all you need nowadays. You're right. They'll, 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 they'll spur so much interest in a particular episode or a particular show that Oh, I got to check it out. You know, I saw it on a meme and, and it's viral and it, 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 it spurred a it, big thing on it. <laughs> it just, it, you become your own agent, basically. You're absolutely right. So, absolutely right. Other than, uh, again, we know him from Helming First Contact and Insurrection, both which he defends his work on still to this day. You know, he did what he did. Pretty cool. Um, and so, yeah, he started out doing Next Gen. And anyone who's read The 50-Year-Old Journey or seen any interviews where he's talked about directing, he's often said a lot of the same stuff. He, you know, told the studio heads, you know, and Rick Berman, hey, I'm interested. And he started, you know, just when he wasn't memorizing his lines, he was studying all the other guys and going in. Uh, What's well, kind of interesting, I said, I'm, I'm very happy to have that full um director and training um, program for all the various actors because, you know, they realize that they, they want to expand. They don't always want to be an actor. And at some point, if you always do is act and go into different stages of your acting career, where, where, in which case you get aged out because, you know, you're getting too old, too big, too, you know, too much gray hair, too many wrinkles. But as a director, that doesn't happen. You're always a, you know, if you're a good director, 
you always get the wreck. I mean, how old you are. So uh, I'm glad they put that 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 um, training um, program in for Jonathan and for some of the other act, uh, actors there. Yeah, like it's like we're gonna talk about uh, Roxanne. Um, that's right, uh, Roxanne Dawson, and um, and, and 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 other people there that they also that also got. They were that, thinking that about program. their acting, but you know, as a brand. You know, they were just knowing that they were pretty much ahead of the curve because, you know, you see so many other people and they can't get out of a typecast or ditch yes. an agent. And it's like they were just thinking ahead of what am I going to do after this? Because I'm pretty much going to do this for seven years, you know, right? and that's all people are going to see me as or want to see me do. So I want more creative control and I want to work with all these other wonderful actors. So I'll work behind the camera. Uh so many other people who have worked on ER 24 and uh, you know, so many other just 80s and 90s heads have been doing that lately. They just, you get way bigger check and you just, like you say, you just. You meet uh, different, different type of people. You meet always different people who never did Star Trek or never get started on Star Trek. You meet different people. You, 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 um, you network different people at that point, different different aspect of people that you can uh they can network with thousand percent. it's all about who you know sometimes uh, it absolutely is uh he he lucked out where he just he said hey i will do double duty i will come here you know after hours hang out in the editing lounge see what how they do everything how they cut and he said before how he was inspired you know i don't know have you heard uh the nickname that he's often given Jonathan, no, I haven't. Okay, yeah. So I, I knew uh, script supervisor E. Butterly, who had you know worked on everything from the uh, Exorcist show and everything, and you know she's made a good living to it being like a PA and uh, mm -hmm. assistant director, and uh, she was a script supervisor on The Good Guys, and she was fortunate enough to work with him on two select episodes of that short-lived, uh, you know. Uh, procedural sitcom and he she confirmed that he's often dubbed uh two takes breaks <laughs> oh yes that you're right i do know that one you uh, yeah he's you. very I, 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 I james dropped my memory well and he's very fond of filmmakers like ridley scott and james cameron and he pretty much just invested that as like he knows what he wants before he gets to set before he even makes the storyboards he's like hey this would be a cool shot let's try that out instead of you know let's run out of time or get too invested in it and uh so for for those that want to see other just tv credits he's done he's done three episodes each of deep space nine and voyager in addition to many next gen episodes as well as heavily involved in roswell for upn leverage for tnt castle for abc ncis los angeles for cbs as well as persons unknown the glades various episodes of burn notice as well as the librarians uh tv movies and show for tnt and he recently returned to the franchise with star trek discovery the picard show well, uh, yep. two episodes of the orville as well as the nickelodeon family adventure show the astronauts which he also has an acting part in and recently strange new worlds but it's just interesting because he just talked about how anytime he was just like on any of these like when people were asking him about the Orville, he's like, he's like, is this a satire or is it a spoof? He's like, 
whatever it is it's just a funny show <laughs> and it is it is totally and the discovery he just noted how it was like this was an unusual show and that he got to it was way more progressive it was just showing a totally different kind of just uh free opportunity for everybody just like so many different minorities lgbtq friendly and then Picard, he was like, hey, yeah, I get to work with Patrick Stewart, but now I'm really going to have to reel him in. I'm having to do a lot of different like close-ups of his intensity. And he's just very grateful, graceful whenever you just see him just in an interview. He just doesn't shy back, and which I think is just fun. Uh, I know he joked briefly about how when he worked on Thunderbirds, that, that kind of put him in director jail briefly because mm-hmm. it was a you know, update of the puppet show from years ago. And it, I, I love the old, the, the um, Sylvia and, I'm oh, trying to get the gentleman's name. It, the, uh, they, 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 I remember them as a kid, Thunderbirds, um, uh, Captain Scarlet. Uh, God, I'm trying to know all the different ones out there. Fire, a Fireball, XL. It, it was such a fun time. We were watching all Super Animation, watching them. The Anderson's watching, you know, doing all the little different things out there. It was very cool. Yeah. I mean, he, that's what he was doing. He was just studying until he couldn't study anymore. And like you say, it, it was pretty much, they were doing the equivalent of watching a YouTube video. If you can't go to college and do this, then just do this instead. <laughs> that's fine. Like I said, it's, so it's even better. It's, it's all hands on, and they're very, they're very. Um, they did. They showed them the ropes, and they, they didn't let. They didn't hide anything. So they they showed them everything, all the little tricks, how, why they did, how they did, and let him let Jonathan um, become his own director. But he got, he got so he still was like a being a sponge. He just sopped in all the information and made his own style. You know, he just watched everyone how they did and, and took some of it, different people, and it, it worked for him. It worked well, like, for him. There's been a bunch of other episodes and shows that he's been on, like Third Rock from the Sun and Hit the Floor, as well as Angie Trebecca, that I'm sure I've seen the episodes of, but I don't recall, like, that episode. So it must have been, again, just a blink and a miss because he's just so busy just working behind the scenes and he... Again, you know, he has all this, you know. Well, he's done like a hundred. He's done. He's done like a hundred credits to to for him just acting wise. So he 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 gets a phone call. He takes a job. <laughs> right. He'll do some voice acting, but yeah, right now he just wants to focus on kind of just maintaining the same style and whatever he's given. Um, yep. I'm kind of been disappointed by. In CIS LA, but it just seems like they just use awkward cameras on that. Um, I, I'm a bigger fan of the original show, but uh, yeah, Leverage was wild. Silly's have been, I've, not, I've never been a big fan of NCIS. It's just like, it never hooked me. I mean, I, it should, but it doesn't. That's um, no, fine. So I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't give my opinion on that particular genre. I just find it wild how he's kind of the go to for just do adventure and then do comedy so you know roswell was kind of a teen show that he oversaw a bunch of even guest starred as himself and broke the fourth wall but he's been on a few very underrated episodes it's so cool what you just 
you step back and you're watching it like they're watching it. That's anytime they anytime they do it anywhere, it's always a thrill. It's always a thrill. It is. And I never I didn't see the reboot of that. I heard it wasn't very good, but it's just interesting how this was kind of for a while just he did that in a TV movie. I remember that was like a fantasy drama and it uh, in like oh, 99. Um, I'm trying to remember that. Um, it was like stopping someone who was like on suicide watch or something, but yeah, it was just cool just seeing how he just did all these kind of ambitious projects. And it was kind of a shame that you couldn't always find these movies or shows because they, you know, didn't syndicate them all that much. <laughs> yeah. Or they didn't last long, but, yeah, no, I, I don't have any other thoughts other than I, I definitely recommend people check out the astronaut show. It's way better than you think it might be, even though it's, you know, for Nickelodeon. Um, they, he's done, he did some pretty key episodes of, again, you know, Burn Notice and Falling Skies, and uh, those Falling are Skies fun shows. Falling Skies is a nice show to watch. It, 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 if you like in sci-fi, you, you can definitely get into that. Falling Skies I mean, is definitely something you, I recommend on that. Yeah, he's done, and it, and I like how outside of this, he's just done, like, guest directing stuff, but when you see the guest directing, you're like, that kind of makes sense, you know, it's with someone he knew at some point or another, you know, the 2000s, Twilight Zone, Masters of Science Fiction, but, that, yeah, I mean, I think he got involved with Fong Skies just because he worked with Noah Wiley on the librarians. Now, that, the show, I think, for that is pretty fun. I can't, I couldn't get into the standalone movies just because they kind of just uh were kind of rushed and everything and underdeveloped so, some shows you need some some shows you need like a, 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 a one part two you just can't do it you just can't shoot on it into one episode to one it just doesn't flow right you know you rush like you say it's rushing it and you, you can't get the flow of, of the of, of the, the plot so to speak Right. It's like those were kind of the warm ups and then they had more time for that the rest of the shows, so they got to do more with the material. Um but yeah, he's pretty much a typical TV actor where any show he's been on, he'll direct a bunch of episodes and vice versa. And uh yeah, a lot of the same people who he's works with will get a guest star role i do recall saying he liked working a lot with dwight schultz so he always you know loved directing you know an episode with barkley because he got to make use of his comedic chops i know john delancey who played q was on a uh a librarian's episode i wonder if he had a say in yes. that okay so there you go um but yeah well, I mean, it's, it's nice when you when you get when you get to meet People you've seen over and over again, it's like a, it's like a, oh shoot, yeah, you know, it fits, you know, you, you get comfortable, it makes it a lot easier both the acting and being behind the scenes as a director. You still have an idea who they are, and it makes it a lot easier, smoother when you um get past the get to know your stage. Absolutely, and now that you're comfortable with them, you have you know nothing to complain about or be worried. Yes. Oh, you know, you're, not, you're not gonna rock the boat, so to speak. You know what? No, rocking what, the boat. <laughs> what, what, what makes them click, and uh, and what, yeah, what buttons to push sometimes was always helpful. For sure. Uh, and yeah, I, uh, I, I remember he. You know, <laughs> a funny story. I'm sure you've heard it. Uh, he 
uh, Marina Sirtis and LeVar Burden all had a huge issue. Oh, and even Patrick Stewart with uh, editor turned director Stuart Baird. You know, obviously he'd done some decent movies before, you know, edited some serious big blockbusters like Die Hard 2 and the later, you know, yes. you know, Craig James Bond films. And then you look at movies he directed like U.S. Marshals, Executive Decisions, like, okay, that pans out. But yeah, because he like helped out with like Laura Croft, you know, he was selected for Nemesis. LeVar was having to get over himself because like, okay, they said I could direct for whatever reason they passed on that. So whatever, I'll just still, you know do my job even though i'm not really given much to do in this movie but then it's right. like i remember marina was like he is not listening to any of our input and patrick is like dude i know you haven't seen a single episode of the show but come on you know we're giving <laughs> you a blueprint here and you're not listening and frank's i remember i think he took it harshly is like the dude just was not open to any kind of helpful insight like Right, like, and he, and he would, should be, you know, an actor. He, he should be able to. Yeah, he, take he was. Quick, quick he was criticism or, or, or comments, you know, just make you a better actor. You know, you, you can't be just so stiff that you yeah. can't expand your, your 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 horizons as an actor. Uh, absolutely, it's like, what? Why do you even want to collaborate if you just want to shut everyone out? And he was just like, I don't understand his arrogance. And Marina was more blunt. He's like, he was a fucking idiot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can enjoy parts of Nemesis, but uh, there are times where you're just like, yeah, it just feels like a Matrix type movie. It doesn't feel like a Star Trek type movie. <laughs> oh, but it's just funny how it's just like that they just kept giving him some options and he didn't want to hear any of their input. He just wanted to come and go. And it's like, well, if you're part of a yeah, franchise, yeah, you should play ball. Actors that if, if he had a chance to, I don't want you, I don't want you as a guest, guest star again. I'll find someone else who can do the job. I don't need the headache. Let, let me someone else's direct the headache. Right. Just shut him out. Shut him out. Um, so, your own personal blacklist. <laughs> personal blacklist. He kind of did for a bit there. Oh, man. So I guess we can move on to uh, the next one in line, which is Roxanne Dawson. You might know mm -hmm. her from just various TV movies. She had like a uncredited role in Blood and Blood Out and uh, as well as, you know, other movies like Darkman Free, and then just for the most part, just stuck with TV, doing various shows where she would like be multiple roles mm -hmm. and guest stars, including The Hat Squad, The 90s Untouchables, Jake and the Fat Man. And, uh, you know, she used to be credited as Roxanne Biggs. <laughs> she, well, that's because she was married to him at one time. All those yeah, times, Casey Biggs. Yeah. Name in there. But then De she was Damar. <laughs> they were married yeah, before they right. both. But she wasn't really married to him when when she used his last name like that. You know, if you if you're divorced, you should, you know, the, the woman just drops the guy's last name. That's it. You know, you just go back to your old maiden name. But she kept it for a while, which is which is unusual in that degree. Yeah, I have no idea why, but I guess she was busy and then finally found time to actually change her, you know, re-register under a different name. Um, sometimes, you know, everything was by mail back then, so I'm sure it might have taken a bit. Um, true, true. So she was on, much like Frank, she kind of stayed true to a lot of stuff that was like 
Paramount or ABC or CBS based programming. Uh, she was in a game show edition of The Weakest Link as well that had Star Trek questions. So that's kind of fun. But yeah, she's done some other interesting guest spots, mostly on, once again, much like Frank's, just on shows that she's also directed, like Any Day Now, Seven Days, mm -hmm. and uh, The Closer, which is a very heartbreaking episode, that one. Uh, I, don't, I, have to, I have to look that one up. I don't know. I don't know that one off the top of my head. Yeah, this is the closer is the one uh, with TNT, uh, cable TV that has uh, Kyra Sedwick and later Mary McDonald, you know, Madam President from Battlestar Galactica okay. as this LA Vice Squad. And it was pretty awesome because while it had elements of, you know, other typical procedure procedurals like Law and Order and CSI, they yes. would also mix in some off color humor as well as. Uh, just some awesome characterizations and often you can figure out who the murderer is but then you'd have those last 20 minutes where you're still in deep suspense like right. what can she's gonna close the case hence why they call it the close you know and so yep. why well we know you did the crime now we want to know why and why right. this, this is this one element of the of the uh artichoke that or the onion that hasn't been revealed yet so you gotta wait for the to, to pull back the last we still layer. We still gotta back the peel, layers. Peel yeah. back a little more. <laughs> Is that a good metaphor? And it and basically, it. I think the reason each show lasted like six plus seasons was, again, it's just very witty. It had some great casting and it, it really just made you feel all other kinds of fun emotions. So I definitely would rake it up there with all the bones and criminal minds of the world. Um so yeah, uh, Roxanne, she, when she got the directing card, she basically just decided, you know, well, much like Frank's, you know, it's like permission to study everyone. And the very first episode of Voyager that she directed in 99, she got deadly sick. Like, and she knew it was like, hey, I can't hold it up. So I got to tough this out. And it paid yep. off. But man, that, that has to be annoying. You know, back in that day, you know, this wasn't just like nowadays where, you can politely excuse yourself or and you got cameras that can show proof that hey i'm not flaking out but you know back then back that's a completely different animal and we're only talking 20 we're only talking 30 years difference you know it's not that long difference. Ago, but yeah in, in this in this in this era that's a long that's a long time <laughs> oh a, a huge ton of time so she did various episodes of Enterprise after her two episodes of Voyager. And then from that point on, various episodes of The Division, Crossing Jordan, Cold Case, and The Closer, The Heroes, and The Mentalist, The Good Wife, Dream. And then from that point on, just very unpredictable. Just so many different, like everything from primetime NBC shows. She was as a director, she was all over the place. Yeah, a uh, lot of stuff for AMC and uh, Showtime and Netflix, and you're like, wow. Yep. So she noted that uh, another point that we'll get on to later is like, you know, uh, how she just was like mainly just all about just like constantly uh, in that interview she had on working on the show Colony and PBS's first original show, Mercy Street. Uh, which is a good one. Uh, she noted mm -hmm. how she often would just constantly just go back and forth with the producers, make sure, hey, this is how you want your vision. 
and constantly work with the actors on staging the scenes and even ask their input as to like, hey, you know, you've been here longer. I, you know, how is the thing done? And always just find a different way to just kind of communicate that to the cameras. And recently she had kind of been not so religious based, but she kind of had a Catholic revitalization in her Right. She was, she was, right. She wasn't born in a, um, she wasn't raised in a, what's what, in, in a religious home, so to speak, back in the day. But then later on, when she married her, her, her current husband, uh, she became a Catholic and she became very um, immersed in it, where she even did um, some directing in, 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 some, in, in, the, in some Catholic. Um, Tell me what the name of it is. Uh, the, the, the movie the, she did was Breakthrough, where it's like... Right, thank you, right. Exactly. It was, it was so okay. Really, right. So she really went and she got inspired and, and got you know immersed into, into what we call... She wasn't a reborn Christian. She became a Christian. You know, as a different as a difference. You know, she just she she just got into it, so to speak, which is fine. You know, it's yeah. really interesting that, you know, she, she, she found, found religion... As an adult, as an older, older adult. A thousand percent. And altogether, um, uh, uh, Duncan McNeil said that when he got into acting, he now as a producer is heavily more involved doing the producer side of things. And, you know, producing, you often think, oh, what are you doing? You know, production management, maintaining the styles, supervising the directors. No, he often notes how he's often hiring directors who fit who he knows can carry the tone or style that the show is looking for. I th- I find that interesting because, uh, and he, you know, Dawson's kind of stuck with uh, drama and sci-fi. She's doing a really good job on foundation that Apple TV, Isaac Asimov show. I love that show. So much fun. And Duncan, apparently, you know, uh, it's just so wild here. You know, he was guest starring on like the new outer limits, the eighties twilight zone in LA law. And then, you know, even next gen. And in one interview I saw, he noted how he he felt so comfortable about around Will Whedon. He's like, wow, there is a voice for kid actors, you know, and teen and young adult actors. And right. now, now that he went on to, you know, directing other big shows like, you know, The Orville, uh, Resident Alien, and uh, A Million Little Things, and uh, Blue Bloods and Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, but uh, honestly, the best thing he's probably done, I think, is still probably Chuck, where he was just supervising a lot of the skits. <laughs> Which is fine, you know, it, 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 if you have a particular talent for something, you shouldn't shy away from it, you know, if you've got a good talent, you should embrace it, go for it. Because, you know, you, you, you're not, um, you're not wasting, you know, like, like what the expression says, uh, like Spock said, you know, anything, you're wasting, you're wasting, you're wasting uh, your talent, you know, anything less is a waste of, waste of, uh, what's, uh, what's the word for, I'm telling the quote they did off of, uh, um, uh, the second, the uh, rapid con, anything else is waste of material, you know, so, exactly. if, if, you're good, if you're good at it, go for it, you shouldn't waste it. Right, don't waste it, don't let it go to waste. And kudos to all of them. They, they're continually just, uh, it, it's not like any other TV director where it's like they're just directing a show that they've been on and then they kind of 
didn't take it all that seriously. Like they really are branching out and doing just so many different things that is like, yeah, that has to be challenging. That has to be interesting, especially from some of them might even be to the point where it's like, they're not the main, they were never the leads on any of those track shows. So it was like, yeah, you know, some people might not even recognize him because they're just talking to him as actors. <laughs> it's like, what do you want in this right, scene? But then now they got their second career. You know, they they've they've evolved in that in that regard. And and, you, and people got realize you all can't be Cary Grant where you can get, get exactly uh, roles into your seventies and sixties. And you don't have to be Shatner either, where you're just oh yeah, right, exactly. You're not gonna be like Shatner, fuss. where you where you can have you can have all different things going from point A to point B every day doing something. You can't, you, know, you, you can't assume that, and and they didn't, and I'm glad they didn't, and now he could, uh, there's something else they could do. Absolutely. We'll return after these messages. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy, you got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world, and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up review show.